Chapter Twenty Nine of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, Africa, by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Home of the Negro. Our next journeys are to be in that part of Africa which might be called the true home of the Negro. We shall travel southward along the Atlantic Ocean and eastward and southward along the Gulf of Guinea until we come to the great river Congo up the valley of which we shall go for thousands of miles so far the people we have met have been largely of the white race although there were many negroes among them from now on they will be almost all black they will have woolly hair black skins thick lips and flat noses not unlike the pure africans of the united states indeed it is from this region that most of the slaves of our country south america and the west indies came they were bought or captured by slave traders who came to the gulf of guinea and thence carried their cargoes to portugal and across the atlantic or directly across the atlantic to brazil the west indies and at times even to our own ports one region furnished so many slaves that it was known as the slave coast although slaves were taken from all of the countries of western africa and at one time from all parts of the continent the land along the gulf of guinea is very unhealthful it lies near the equator and much of it is low and swampy nearly all europeans or americans who stay long are attacked by fever and many die nevertheless the blacks thrive there are many millions of them in this region they are divided up into hundreds of tribes each having its own semi-barbarous customs the tribes are different from one another in form feature and language some are tall and well formed having full chests and broad shoulders others such as the crews found in liberia and along the coast are shorter but are very strong being employed to load and unload the boats at the ports nearer the congo are dwarfs or pygmies little black people who when full grown are no larger than our boys and girls of fourteen the natives of the coast where they come in contact with the whites and in the north where they mix with the mohammedans wear more or less clothing but in the wilds of the interior many go almost naked wearing only a waistcloth or petticoat of bark or skins at the ports we shall find people fully clad in bright colored cottons from europe the women wear bandana handkerchiefs about their heads and the gayer their calico dresses the better they are pleased all are fond of jewelry and in some tribes the jewelry is valuable this is so in the countries which produce gold where we may now and then see men and women wearing bracelets anklets or earrings of gold in other regions the men have bracelets of ivory and along the lower niger the women have heavy ivory anklets through which their feet were thrust when they were little girls and which cannot now be taken off in some tribes they wear brass rods as thick as stair rods wound about their legs from the ankles to the knees such rods are often welded about the leg when the woman is married and kept there for the rest of her life many natives wear necklaces of glass beads others have cowrie shells either strung or sewed upon cloth as head ornaments among the oddest of the negro customs is the way of arranging the hair although all the tribes are woolly-headed each person seems to have his own peculiar headdress some stiffen the hair with oil and clay 
and then put it up in curious shapes in one tribe the women plait the hair so that it hangs from the head like little black worms in another they wind it up in a knob on the crown and in a third they dress it so that it stands out like two antelope horns or rises from the top of the head in a pillar or tower some tribes shave their heads in spots and others wear the hair so that it spreads out like a fan the men grow no hair on the face except perhaps a tuft on the chin which makes them look curious most of these negroes are tattooed and many have peculiar scars on their faces and breasts it is said that one can tell to what tribe a person belongs by the scars on his face the scars are made in youth coloring matter being rubbed into the wounds so that the marks are indelible these different negro tribes live in villages of mud huts thatched with straw or palm leaves sometimes the villages are surrounded by mud walls and sometimes the huts of a family will be built inside a wall so that a village is made up of a great many walled spaces each given up to one family several villages are often governed by a chief or king some of the tribes are large having armies which keep order and engage in slave raiding and wars with their neighbors the king of dahomey for instance is said to have an army of women who are as brave as any army of men the king picks out his soldiers when they are girls and has them trained they are taught to shoot and fence and to endure all sorts of hardships they are not allowed to marry and their whole lives are devoted to warfare many of these negroes have little farms about their villages where they raise millet rice peanuts sweet potatoes yams and indian corn they cultivate the soil in a rude way burning the ground over to clear it and digging it up with native spades and hoes the women do most of the work and in many tribes they are little more than the slaves of their husbands nearly every man has several wives and the more wives he has the richer he is thought to be for his wives can work for him we frequently see women hoeing in the garden they carry great burdens on their heads and even paddle canoes with babies slung to their backs near several of the ports plantations of cotton and cacao have been set out and both women and men work in them in some of the negro tribes the people are skilled in weaving and working in leather in others they smelt iron and make things out of brass and steel they mold pottery for their cooking utensils and carve ivory and wood parts of the country contain gold which the natives wash from the streams other tribes have many hunters who kill elephants and hippopotamuses and there are robber tribes who hire themselves out as fighters and slave raiders in the interior of this country slavery is practiced although the foreign governments are trying to do away with it there are also regions where the people still eat human beings chiefly slaves and those whom they capture in war nearly every tribe along the gulf of guinea and throughout central and southern africa believes in charms and witches the natives think that there are spirits in the trees and bushes in caves and in other places they have witch doctors who pretend to tell whether a man or a woman is a witch and who cause persons to be killed by accusing them of witchcraft nearly everybody has one or more fetishes or charms which will he thinks protect him from harm bring him good luck or enable him to defeat his enemies or drive away sickness the african boy hears of such charms 
as soon as he is able to talk one of his friends for instance has a fetish which he says will make him rich another may have one to keep away witches and others those which stop or bring rain or enable one to discover theft as the boy grows older he wants a fetish of his own and he goes to the charm doctor and learns how to get or make one he soon comes to think that the charm is the most important of his possessions and that if any one gets hold of it he might cause his death he pretends to feed it and if he has bad luck he thinks it is caused by the charms or fetishes of his enemies which may be more powerful than his own such charms are made of all sorts of things a bit of hippopotamus tooth elephant skin or an ostrich feather may be used also snakes heads hawk claws horns of small antelopes stones seeds nuts and beans or any other things made of bone and wood many of the charms are images of human beings rudely carved some small and some large a town will often have as its charm a large image which it keeps in a shed and which the people suppose protects the town they think such an image enables the witch-doctor to detect thieves and on account of it the people are afraid to steal the natives of central and southern africa are grossly superstitious and in some places they even make human sacrifices in some regions cannibalism has been practiced for ages henry m stanley the explorer found human flesh for sale in the markets of the congo valley and other travelers tell how slaves were fattened for food and how warlike expeditions were made in order that the captives taken might be eaten some customs still prevail in some regions although they are fast dying out in nearly all parts of the country however missionaries are now working we shall see mission schools as we go on with our travels some of the people are already more civilized than they were in the past and under the control of the governments of great britain germany and france to which the chief colonies belong it is to be hoped that cannibalism slavery and witchcraft will in time pass away End of chapter twenty nine